Look at Second um, Timothy, um, chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen. Second Timothy, chapter three. And while you're um, trying to find that on your phone or in your Bible, uh, remember we've been teaching the discipleship project lesson on practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Um, the series big idea because we are called to be righteous. We must practice those things that leads to righteousness. All right. Um, the the lesson title tonight is the path of scripture, but I gave it a better title in my opinion. Let's title tonight's Bible study Freedom Living. Freedom Living. We're going to title it tonight, Freedom Living in Bible Study. And if you have your, your, um, your booklet, um, you are in lesson what, five? I think it's lesson five. Well, yeah, 2-2, two, 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 which is, yeah, yep, 2-2, two, 2.2. Two, two two. All right, so let's get into this. Because we are called to be righteous, we must look to the Scripture as our guide. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now I know that probably needs to be a little bit more simplified for you and we'll simplify it before we're all through with this lesson, but that's where we take our text from. So I want you to listen to me carefully. Living in freedom requires different skills than living in bondage. <laughs> living in freedom requires different skills than living in bondage. Very important to know. And so you have to ask yourself, are you living in bondage or, or you're living in freedom? Because it required two different skills. And oftentimes people could be free, but they're living in a bondage type mindset. And so they're really not free. And oftentimes you have other people that are really in bondage, but they think that they're free. It takes two different mindsets to live in freedom and to live in bondage. So if you're free... It takes a certain mindset. It takes a skill that's different than if you're in bondage. So we have to look at these things tonight to see if we are free or we're not. Are we living a life of freedom? 97% of prisoners are eventually released back into society. So of the 100% of people that go to jail, 3% of them never come out. So either life sentence or death sentence. So uh, 3% of people that go to prison either go um, and get death sentence or life sentence. Unfortunately, most prisoners who are released do not make a successful transition and are eventually incarcerated again. According to statistics, 30% of adults offenders released from state prison are rearrested within the first six months of their release. So in state prison, the adults that get arrested, 30% of them after release get rearrested within six months of their release. 
Unfortunately, within three years of their release, the percentage that returned to prison increases to two out of three or 66%. Offenders face many obstacles when they leave prison. Some of these obstacles may have carried over from their lives prior to incarceration, yet other obstacles result from the prison experience itself. As prisoners, inmates have little control over their daily life. I tell them that all the time when I go down in Mercer County, I tell them that it's easier to live for God in prison than it is out of prison. They don't believe that at the time, though. Because they're locked up and you're talking to them. And I'm telling them it's easier. And they're like, you don't understand. It's, it's no good in here. You got to know how to jail in here. You got to know how to watch your back in here. And they give me all the story. And I said, I hear you. It's easier to live for God in here than it is out there. And they never, they never get to know that until they get to experience it. And it's like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Without such practice, the newly released can be overwhelmed by choices outside of that environment. They can lack a good decision-making process, good decision-making process. In response to these issues and others, the Center for Justice and Reconciliation has formulated practical steps to increase an ex-prisoner's chance for success. So they're trying to make the process more successful for people when they're released. The steps are simply titled 10 Keys to Preparing Prisoners for Reentry. And of course, the 10 Keys, they have, they have subsidiary breakdowns of it into four different um, uh, categories. Um, the categories are building constructive relationship. So in order for them to be successful when they're released, they have these principles that they teach. And one of the four main principles of how to help them get back on track is teaching them how to build constructive relationships. That's number one. No matter where you are, who you are, relationship is always number one. Can't get out of it. It's the most important thing in the history of man, relationship. Nothing is more important to mankind than relationship. Nothing is more important than relationship. And so they're right in saying that they're trying to help them to build constructive relationships. They are also trying to help them address needs that they have. They also address how they can contribute to society. And they also assess strength and weaknesses of those people that are released. So those are the four categories that they look at and start to work with them in those areas because they feel like if they work with them in those areas and they do well in those areas, their chances of being successful and staying out of prison is high. Why so much intentional for those released from prison? Because the statistics are against their success. Without clear details, clear plans, and specific instructions for how to live most do not succeed at living in freedom. So all of these people that's released, if they don't get clear details, first of all, when they're in jail, they're always being told what to do. So they need clear details, clear plans, and specific instructions for how to live when they get out to live in freedom. Most do not succeed at living in freedom. Why? Because they don't know how to. They weren't equipped to do it. In order to remain free, 
Former prisoners must know that living in freedom requires dis different disciplines than those followed while living in prison. God knew this long before we ever discovered it. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into, wilder into the wilderness of Sinai. And Moses went up into, and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. So God says if we keep his commandments, we're going to be a peculiar, a special people above everybody in the earth. It's amazing to me how we're always pushing and trying our best to feel special when God has said in his word... If you will do what I tell you, you're going to get treated by me as a special people above everybody else. So we have the blueprint to be special, to feel special if we will just obey God's word. But somehow we want to be special. We want to feel special, but we're not following the blueprint that God gave us. And so you're working hard trying to feel and be special when God says, all you got to do is keep my covenant. For all the earth is mine, this is what the Lord says, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So God says, you, you keep my covenant, you will be a special people, right? You're going to be priests, that's men and women. And you're going to be holy. And somehow holy, that word holy always sounds like it's a curse word to us. I don't know what that's all about. There's a lot of things we take from the Lord, but when we start saying holy, it's almost like we start cursing at people. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Not long after the Lord delivered Israel from bondage in Egypt, he let them know that living in freedom would be different from living in slavery. He clarified that to follow him successfully, there were some things they needed to do and some things they shouldn't do. The Lord was very clear. Living in freedom required a new set of guidelines, a new set of directions. So, always like to go and look from where it all began. And you will see where it began. When God delivered the children of Israel out of slavery from out of Egypt. So the children of God, the people of God who praise to God, who worship God, who serve God, they were in slavery in Egypt and they, the people, the Egyptian were serving idol gods. And so they're in slavery in Egypt and these Egyptians held them slave and made them serve them. And so they weren't able to serve God like they needed to. They weren't able to worship God like they needed to. They did, but they can't, couldn't do it. And plus now they're challenged because now the people that they're around all the time, they worship idols. So that's kind of 
infringing on them because it's one thing when we come together in the church that we, 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 we're focused on praising the Lord. We're focused on worshiping God and there is no outside thing that can distract us because we're inside this building and we're together. Nothing can distract us while we're in here, right? But if we bring some of that that's out there in here and they just be who they are that is out there, then it will become a distraction. So that's what the Israelites had to deal with, trying to worship their God and serve their God with a whole lot of things being infringed on them and a whole lot of distraction going on. So they're trying to do that. But the Lord says, I delivered you from that. That's when he parted the Red Sea, got him across and all that good stuff. But when he got him across... That's where they received the Ten Commandments. So the first thing the Lord did for them after he delivered them, after they thank him and worship him for getting them across and, 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 and killing off their, their enemies, the Lord brought them into the, in, in, into the wilderness and he gave Moses the Ten Commandments to give to them. And so in this day and age, we look at God's commandments as bondage. We are so not together in this process of how our mind works. So we look at God's word today as it's holding me hostage when it's the total opposite. Because what he said was, <laughs> when you was in Egypt, you were in bondage. You couldn't do what you want. The Egyptians, they beat you and tell you, go get that brick over there and put that brick right here and go do this. They made you serve them with rigor is what the word of God said. So they, they owned you almost. They, they, they controlled your life and you were there and you couldn't do everything you want because they did, they made you do what they wanted. You were in bondage then. That's bondage. Just like when someone is locked up, incarcerated. You're like a slave when you're incarcerated because they dictate what you do when you wake up, what you eat, when you go out, when you come in, when you go to bed. They dictate when you get on the phone, when you take a shower. They dictate that. You're in bondage. You're a slave. But somehow we have determined, we have come to a place where we read the word of God and God says, thou shalt not. And that becomes bondage to us. What do you mean I can't do that? And God is saying, that's how I keep you free. That's what's going to make you free when you don't do that. <laughs> For some of us, we got to realize, come on now, let's be honest. I can put myself in it. Drinking alcohol, feel good, tastes good. For those of you that like certain kind of drink. Smoking marijuana for some people is good. They like it. Smoking cigarette for some people, they like to do it. However, at some point you come to understand drinking alcohol is not good for me. Smoking cigarettes are not good for me. Smoking marijuana is not good for me, but I can't get out of it now. I want to quit, but I can't, it seemed like. I want to stop, but it seemed like I can't. When you started out, it might have seemed like it was a good time. When you started out, it might have seemed like this is good. I am enjoying this. And then after a while, you realize, I don't want to do this anymore. And you can't stop doing it. This is kind of what God is trying to help us to understand. But when God told it to us the first time, that's just like bondage, Lord. 
And so we have to get smart as people of God and say whatever the word of God says, even when it don't sound good to us in our own little mind, it's freedom. It's liberating. It's it's something that will keep us free from being in bondage and being controlled. That's what the word of God does. But somehow we still today, which I know where it came from, it was the devil that introduced it to us. Had God said... So he introduced this thing to us a long time ago to make us think the word of God keeps us in captive. And when we do what we want, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. When we do what we want, that's what keeps us free. And we are free when we do what we want. But when we do what God wants us to do, we're in bondage. That's the mentality that most people are dealing with. You do what God wants, you're in bondage. You do how you feel, that's total liberation. That's total freedom. We got to deal with that. Now, that's a serious issue in our mind. We got to deal with because you know that's a challenge to us. We we know that's just how we feel. As a matter of fact, you know, we're, we're getting to the place so much now where people are just saying, girl, just do what you feel. What we talk about, YOLO, you only live once. Just do it up. So everybody nowadays wants to do it up. Don't you compromise. You don't have to take nothing from nobody. Do how you feel. And we don't realize it was our actions that put us in bondage to begin with. And when we keep doing what we want, we stay in bondage. We stay we stay in a bad spot. And it's not until we get with Jesus that we get delivered and be free. Listen, for me, I remember. Let me give you a nice little one. This is good. I remember I used to work in Princeton at the Nassau Inn, and I remember one night I was there, and I drank, man. I was just drinking that whole night. And But you never know where they would have checkpoints in Princeton. So, man, you drink like that, you better have somebody to drive you. And I remember a few nights I was not really on my A game and got to a checkpoint, and I don't know what happened, but I got through the checkpoint. But I remember when I stopped drinking, because the Lord delivered me from drinking. And checkpoint come up. I just wanted to, just, I wanted to stay at the checkpoint for a little bit and park. Put it in park when I get a checkpoint. What, are you kidding me? Sir, were you drinking tonight? Absolutely not, officer. I mean, I want to have a conversation with you because I don't drink. But man, oh man, when I used to drink, you start sweating. You start worrying about And if somebody in the car with you that had less, you say, listen, let's switch. That's liberation. You see what I'm saying? You drinking and having a good time feels like you're getting what you want. You're living it up. Everything is just great. But when you get to the checkpoint and they let you and they say step out the car and they tell you to take the, the, the whole test and you fail it. And right on the spot you get locked up. And I know all about it. You're going to get a DUI surcharge. You're going to have to pay court fines. Your license going to get suspended. Who is in bondage now? But while you was drinking, oh, please, I'm just doing how I feel. You see what I'm saying? But we can't see these things because we've just been taught that when you obey God, it's bondage. You go to church, following me, that church stuff, bondage. Girl, you ain't got to go to church to get, be saved. I'm telling you, man, we better go back to what we, we, we're, we're saying in order to think we're free and better. I need to stop saying that because that just get me in bondage. Somehow we've convinced ourselves that we are free by being who we are, just living it out. 
when we got to realize that our nature is sinful and our nature is to just do what the flesh wants. And every time we keep following the flesh, it gets us in trouble. You're not free when you're obeying yourself. You are in bondage when you do what you want and what you like. You're in bondage. But when you obey the word of God, that's when you get freedom and liberty. Our deliverer has earned the right to instruct the delivered on living freely. Okay, in case you missed it. If God delivered you, he know how to keep you delivered. He knows how to keep you free. Who got you locked up and in bondage? You did. So you don't know how to keep yourself. You can't deliver yourself and you don't know how to keep yourself delivered. So when God says, thou shall not or thou shall, he is the deliverer. So he knows how to keep you stayed delivered. (laughs) Prior to issuing his commandments, the Lord was very direct about his authority to do so. He clearly referenced what he did to the Egyptians and how he delivered the Israelites from bondage. A point he did not want them to miss. In essence, he was saying, since I am the one who delivered you, I am the one who will provide you guidelines for successful freedom. His power and actions as deliverer earned him the right to be the lawgiver. So because he was, I can't even say able because he's able, but because he delivered you, he had the right to be the lawgiver to your life. He's the one that says, thou shalt not have any gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down before any other gods. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not. He he says those things keep you free when you do them. They don't make you go in bondage. And somehow... We just think, no, no, those things keep you all bound up and look at everybody, how they're living. Look at everybody. Sunday morning, you got to wake up out of your bed and that's the only day you get to rest and you got to wake up out of your bed and go to church. All the other people that don't go to church, they can just lay there and sleep. They just turn over and sleep and look at you. You got to get up. Satan tactics don't change. The one that's laying there in the bed is in bondage and you are free. That's what you that's what you need to start saying to yourself is devil. You can keep on talking to me all you want. Flesh, you can keep on talking to me all you want. When I go, when I get up out of here and I go to church, I'm free. The ones that decide they want to sleep in. Guess what? They're in bondage. Oh, help us, Jesus. Help us, Holy Ghost. This is something that's very important for us to get as Christians. We have to see that in how we live for God so we never allow ourselves to get messed up like that. The Word of God, our complete freedom guideline. It is. Within the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments serve as the core of the Lord's guidelines. However, his assistance and direction to freedom, living does not end with those Ten Commandments. The entire Word of God serve as his effort to direct our transition from the old nature to the new nature of pursuing 
godliness. So all of us, before we met Jesus Christ, we were in sin, we were in bondage. And the Lord says, my word will provide you freedom. When you obey my word, you will come out of that bondage. But if you stay in your own old nature of sinfulness, you are in bondage. Ephesians 4.22 says this, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Your fleshly self, your flesh, your desire, your carnal nature is, it says here, corrupt and deceitful. Who you are as a person without God, who you are as a person without God is corrupt and deceitful. You will trick your own self. You will corrupt your own self. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So righteousness and holiness comes from the spirit of the, of the Lord. You being in your own self, you corrupt and deceitful, me and you. We corrupt and deceitful when we do what we do. But when we allow the spirit and the word of God to guide us, that's when we become free. The Lord's intention is for his righteousness within us to transform us so that more and more his righteousness becomes our new nature. Disciples are intended to become godly and more than being a lofty ideal, there is very real side, there's a very real side to this transformation. The word of God illustrates the details of our transformation and provides solutions for the same. The word of God is the disciples complete source of freedom guideline. The word of God is what keeps you free. Whatever you do keeps you bound. Don't forget that tonight. If we don't learn anything else for the next few minutes, because I'm going to close in a second here. If we don't lose it, learn anything for the next few minutes, we better understand that when I read the word of God and I practice it, I'm being free. When I do what I like, I am put myself in bondage. And now something else is ruling over me and it's not me. I know some of you know this, but always understand when the scripture talks about the Israelites being in bondage in Egypt, that's always a type of today's world. When you're not, when, when, when you're not living for God, you are in Egypt and being controlled by the Egyptians. Yes, that's how it works. So if you're not living for God, you are in bondage. You're no different than the children of Israel, how, they situ how their situation was, where they were just doing things, hard labor, hard work. Their bodies was getting worn down from all the things that they were doing because they were being controlled. When we are not living for God, we're being controlled by the society of our world. And when we're not listening to God, we're, we're totally being controlled 
by everything around us, but we don't, we don't look at it like that because somehow it's satisfying our flesh a little bit. Listen, no matter how you want to spin it, if you don't take care of your body, Mr. Thomas will tell you, it will fail you. So if we want to go partying and drinking and smoking and enjoying ourselves, it feels good, but your body will be broken down. So let's not judge our living on feel good. And, and of course, that's a hard one. I know that's very hard. I know it's very difficult to live a life that said, I am going to watch my life and not base my life on feel good. Because, because most of how we are, we want to feel good. But I'm telling you, if you're living a life of feel good, you're probably in bondage. You're not free if you're living a life of feel good. <laughs> Go back to Brother Thomas. And I'm messing with Brother Thomas because y'all don't know he used to he used to work out and he used to train people how to work out way back in the day. And so I'll go back and, and touch he'll tell you, he'll tell you that to 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 work out, Brother Tom knows well to work out, to lift weights and do all those things, it don't feel good. Shaim, he's not here tonight, but it don't feel good to work out. But guess what? Take care of your body. So, man, this concept is, is, this is really good stuff. It's simple as simple could be, but it's good stuff because we never think about this. We keep thinking the, 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 the more we feel good, the better off we are. And it's the total opposite. The, the, the less we feel good yesterday, man, this is, this is messing with me a whole lot. So yesterday, um, me and a couple of our, a couple of people from work, we're, we're going to look at some sites where we're going to do some work and stuff. So we, we was kind of on the road driving around yesterday. So we decided, all right, it's time to have lunch. And so we went to a, a Jersey Mike's. Did, I ever been a, did you have Jersey Mike's in New Brunswick, Nicole? It wasn't Jersey Mike's? Okay. So, but I, I had it yesterday. So we all, they said, let's go to Jersey Mike's because they have good bread. I said, all right. So we went to Jersey Mike's and we're ordering. So everybody ordering their sandwich. I ordered my sandwich. Everybody got their Coke. Some people got their chips. I didn't get any chips. And so we sat down. Now, this one lady that's a part of the crew, she sat down. She got a little turkey sandwich. You can tell it was kind of not a lot of stuff on it. And she got a cup of water. I said, man. And all I can think about, this is why this lesson is messing with me. Because I'm thinking about some of us had our nice um, Coca-Cola some of us had our nice iced tea and on and on. She had a little cup of water. And so now I'm going back through my mind. I said, that water didn't taste good with her sandwich. But she was free. Because <laughs> she didn't put on the pounds we put on. Oh. Ah, this, we we got to get this, man, because I, I know I'm big on this. I like to enjoy my food. I like to eat good and all of this stuff. And I don't be wanting to watch all this stuff. But if I want to keep this thing a little bit better for a little bit longer, I got to treat it real good. And I can't be liking all the feelings. I got to not like some of the feelings. Because when I don't like some of the feelings, that's when I'm doing all right. Oh, somebody help me. We don't need to be liking all the feelings that we feel because that's what keeps us bound up. Um, I think I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to go any further. A whole lot of stuff here to cover. 
I am not going to go any further. But I will give you one scripture that I know is just um, a great scripture. Um, how about, what was it, James 1, 27? If you find it, you might find it before me. Let me see. Okay, here it go. No, James 1, 25. Look at what James 1, 25 says. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Oh, man. Just listen to what it's saying. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. It's saying the word of God, which is the law, it's perfect and it liberates you. He said, if you look into it and continue it therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man or woman shall be blessed in all their deed. James 1.25. When you look at that word and you begin to practice that word, you will be blessed indeed. So the bottom line is, it might not feel good. It might not sound good when you read it. But it doesn't have to sound good and feel good to liberate you. As a matter of fact, the total opposite is true. When it don't sound good and it don't feel good, that's when you're totally liberated. When you start feeling good and it starts sounding good to you, oh, you're headed for bondage. You're headed for being bound and being controlled. My Lord, I tell you. We got to put a whole lot of attention to detail in what we just talked about here tonight and realize it. That's hard. I'm, listen, I'm, I just know how hard it is. We can't help ourselves. So the most part, everything we do is because it feels good. What do we really do that don't feel good, but we do it quite a bit? Not, not, not a whole lot. Even medicine. We can talk about medicine. We always talk about, yeah, I used to take um, castor oil once a year. You know, we back to school, you take a washout, take castor oil. We, all the things that we do bad, we only do it very few because we think it's bad. But taking castor oil was good for us. But we only took it one time a year. We are just, we're, we're just, we're just wired to always like it. And, you know, it has to feel good for it to be good. If it doesn't feel good, it's not good. Any questions? I'm, we're going to finish up this tonight because that's, that's, that, that's a whole lot there that we um, uncovered. We're good? Yeah, I'll pick, up, I'll pick up next week and finish it up and probably go into the next lesson as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll continue this next week um, so we can um, really uh, keep on trying to practice this. Because we need to practice this. So when you know it feels good, um, you know, uh-oh. Uh-oh, this feels good. I'm in trouble. This feels good. 